With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Buenos noches! It's 10 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Thursday night, May 5th, 2011. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everyone. Arriba! Arriba! Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Pacino, and as always, seated in his Mexicano chair, my tag team partner and co-host. David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. I speak on behalf of all Hispanics. When I say you have just offended us all, you sucker. Como estas, señor? I'm doing quite well, and... Wait for it. Wait for it. Being that today is Cinco de Mayo, it is also my father's birthday, number 65 for the big guy upstairs. No, not that big guy upstairs, but the big guy upstairs from me. So, Mr. Gomez, I wish you a happy and healthy 65th, and may you have 65 more. Woo! Pure gold birthday to my papa. Well, while we're mentioning birthdays, today is my nephew's birthday. He is 12 years old, so a happy birthday to Andre. And a belated birthday to one of our loyal listeners, Tenacious T, whose birthday was on Monday, May 2nd. Woo! She, she's not turning 65, is she? Or 12? I think she's uh, now an adult. Oh, well. So she's yep. 35? Yeah, uh, or 36. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right, sir. I think we've had enough fun for the moment. Why don't we give out some contact info and the poll question of the week? Well, if we've had enough fun, then I think we should just close this show down because there's nothing left to do, sir. But say goodnight, Gracie. Our contact information, as always, you can call us 714-364-4721. You can check out our website, puregopg.com, or you can check out our Twitter, our Facebook, our YouTube, and now... Coming to you live and in living color, folks. We have a couple of rants on there. We have a new little section on the on the website that, you know, for now we're calling it rants for the time being. And basically, when you go to Pure Gold PG, you, not only are you going to be linked to all of the ways you can follow us, and not only are you going to be able to see our past episodes, like the one we had on Tuesday with Lori Rubinson, but we also have some blogs, or excuse me, the professional way would be some articles that are now being written on Pure Gold PG by myself, by one of our loyal listeners, uh, Kenny from Florida. And, of course, JB eventually will get around to it. And, folks, if you'd like to write articles for Pure Gold PG about sports, life, 
or everything in between, please email us, puregoldpg at yahoo.com, or you can email us individually, dg at puregoldpg.com, or jb at puregoldpg.com. We have three articles up there so far, one about The Rock, one about Jose Reyes, and one about basically the main topic for this evening, which is a Christian. And the title of it, genius if I may add, since I wrote it, Christian, Christian, at last, you just got hosed. That is hearkening back to his last theme song before he left the WWE. And of course, before I continue on a tangent, our poll question of the week. Uh, I made a mistake on Tuesday, folks. Let me just apologize for that. I guess I had one too many flavor rices and I wasn't thinking straight. The sugar rushed to my brain. Being that uh, we did spoilers on Tuesday, the real question this week is why did Christian get screwed by the WWE. Your choices are Vince hates the fans, Vince wanted to screw Christian because he's the former TNA champ, Randy Orton convinced give, uh, Vince to give him a title, or who cares, I'm going to stop watching the WWE. JB? Well, I think we should add one more. I think we should do all the above as like option E. <laughs> I agree with that, sir. Actually, I'm going to have our, our text get into that right now. Because I was listening through the, um, you know, your A, B, C, D, and I was like, yes, 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 and yes. So I figure if we use the all of the above, I'm definitely going for that one, sir. I agree with that, sir. How are right, you? So I'm I'm doing well. I mean, I just got back from a little shindig for my little nephew, so uh, that was fun. That was went fun. to a little ste- went went to a steakhouse, and uh, now I'm back ready to do some pure gold. And as we left you off last Tuesday, uh, we got into a a bombshell of a a nugget that DG dropped on us, and it has caused um, a a lot of aftershocks, let me just say, in our Pure Gold production meetings. I mean, we are debating about never talking about wrestling again after tonight, and we'll get more into that, DG, with our guest, because you dropped on us last Tuesday before we went off the air that Christian dropped the strap to Mr. Randall K. Orton, 48 hours after winning it at Extreme Rules DG, and I know that you are still upset about this. You even wrote an article about it, as you told the audience. So, DG, without further ado, should we get our guest on, and let's start ranting about this one. Yes, uh, I think we should. I think it's necessary. We have joining us for possibly the last time, probably not, uh, a very uh, loyal member of the Pure Gold family, a vaunted member. We joke with him. We laugh with him. We don't cry with him, but that's beside the point. We have joining us once again, the one and only Pyro Falcone, godson of Carmine Falcone of the uh, Batman Begins movie. Pyro, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay, better than you guys are. Normally I say good <laughs> evening, but what the topic is tonight, I know it's anything but good. <laughs> Definitely not, sir. So uh, we spoke earlier on in the day, and you talked about uh, some exclusives and whatnot. Now, I know that I broke the news to you as well, but, and you're not a spoiler guy, but I figure since you're on hiatus from writing an online onslaught, who cares? I had to let you know about it. With Christian dropping the strap to Randy Orton, whom we are not fans of, and let me just mention that I actually had a conversation today with, uh, well, not a conversation. I exchanged some emails today with the one and only Mark Madden from uh, WrestleZone.com. Former WCW announcer Mark Madden. Yes, I am name dropping because you know what? I can do that. This is DG. This is pure gold. This is our show, and that's what we do. Um, Mark wrote a column today. You can check it out at WrestleZone.com. It's called uh, Christian Onward Christian Soldiers, 
And basically it's about the whole Christian thing. But he mentioned something about Randy Orton and how Christian dropping this draft to him. And I got the distinct impression from reading it that uh, Mr. Madden is not a big fan of uh, one Randy Orton. And he confirmed that to me. I can't really repeat what he said, but he uh, he did confirm that to me. And I found it interesting, uh, JB and Pyro, because for the most part, I've always been baffled with everybody's love for Randy Orton. I've always been baffled with the fact that Jim Ross, Paul Heyman, everybody in the know in the WWE, Vince McMahon, they all think that Randy Orton is just the, the greatest of all time. And, uh, you know, it, l- let me just read this real quick before we get to, uh, you know, Power, you, you comment on it. He goes, uh, I'm a big Christian fan, but if the intent is to make Randy Orton the central figure on SmackDown, this was a proper reintroduction. Now... If you want to question whether Orton should be that central figure, I'm game for that discussion. The bloom seems to be off Orton's rose. Um, He's a skinny, you know, whatever, who kicks people in the head after pantomiming, blah, blah, blah. What's the big deal? Orton seems more over backstage than he is with the audience. Vince loves his body. That's why he got his push and why he still does. But is he still a true top-tier guy? Interesting. What do you think about that, sir? Well, the the problem is, um, if if the if the question is, well, if you're judged to be a top tier guy based on crowd reaction, then sadly, Randy Orton is a top tier guy, and that's why I've been conflicted ever since I heard about this. I don't like it. Let me just say that right off. I think WWE's made a mistake. I've also been on record for years saying that Christian, um, I should say Edge, was the wrong brother to get the initial push. You know, uh, I always thought Christian deserved it better than Edge a decade ago when they split. But um, that said, uh, you know, I, I can understand I, I can understand WWE's point. Um, I just really don't like it. I don't like always playing devil's advocate, and you know Orton makes it hard to be an apologist sometimes for him, and I rarely am. But in this case, I can see WWE's point. I just think they're all high. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, I think the problem, uh, Pyro, and I think we spoke about this offline too, is that um, we fans, probably most of us being from the Attitude Era. It's, it, it just seems like Vince is trying to, like, slap us in the face with, like, his dose of reality and saying, this is the way it's going to be, and I don't give a damn about you guys from the Attitude Era because now I'm going to now, you know, cater to a different audience, an audience that's much younger, and he's going to just say, you know, you smart fans could just, you know, basically go to hell. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want to do, and I'm going to make Randall Orton the centerpiece of my show on SmackDown because he does get the most crowd reaction, and I'm going to do it even before the next pay-per-view. I'm going to have Christian drop the strap two days after Extreme Rules. Exactly. That's the thing. It's like if they wanted to pull this off, I can I can understand it. But to do it so quickly, to me, that's the most insulting part. I mean, you know, there, there was nothing stopping them from having Orton and Christian have, say, even a one-month feud or a two-month feud or, hell, a two-week feud, you know, anything but two freaking days. And, you know, build it up, give some reasoning, let Alberto Del Rio, oh, wait, he's not on SmackDown anymore, Um, let somebody else 
some ally for Orton, you know, kind of help out or something, make, make Christian look not quite great. Uh, this thing has been handled badly. But I read on uh, certain reports that part of the reason this has happened, um, the, the main reason it happened is because, I mean, the, the reason Christian was booked to win the title anyway was to have a good moment for Edge. It had nothing to do with Christian himself, which is disheartening right off the bat. But also, apparently, in, in the WWE top brass, there's only one guy, he's one of the writers, who thinks Christian is worth anything. But even that guy didn't stand up for Christian when they started talking about having him drop the strap this quick. Um, Vince and the rest, other than this one guy, well, actually including this one guy, said that um, Christian is not viewed as someone who can carry the company. He's not someone who can be the face of the company, which I find really amusing considering he was the face of TNA for, what, eight months or longer and did fantastically there. So clearly it's not because he's unproven. It's just, you know, I I don't know. I've given up trying to get myself inside Vince's head because that's just a trip that I don't want to take. The interesting part about that, and the truth is, you know, it, it may seem petty to the people listening out there that, you know, that we're going so nuts about this, but the truth of the matter is that when I, and I, again, I wrote about this in my article, when I look back at wrestling, I look back at all the different moments and things and all the years that I've been a fan, to me, this is just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And if, uh, hypothetically speaking, if Christian were to get the title back at the next pay-per-view and hold it for six months, then you know what, then... I wouldn't be so upset. I'd still be a little annoyed. I wouldn't be so upset. And, yeah, I'd, I'd go back into it. But the fact of the matter is that, and, folks, of course, if you'd like to chime in, the number is 714-364-4721. There's uh, many people out there who I'm sure uh, are interested in this topic. Um, and I'll get to that in a side note. But the truth of the matter is that it's just an insult to me that this guy who spent so many years, and I was just, I, I tell you guys, I was just explaining to my wife on Monday how, yeah, the WWE, it's fake. People can say whatever they want about it, blah, blah, blah. But when you have somebody like Christian getting emotional about winning the title, this meant the world to him. Now, I hearken back to, and of course, it's tainted over time, when Chris Benoit won the World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, who didn't love that at the time? When Eddie Guerrero won the World Championship, the WWE title, off of Brock Lesnar, who didn't love it at the time? And why did we love it? Because of who they were at the time because of what they meant to us, because of the fact that we followed their careers for so many years, and they finally got a chance to be the quote-unquote top guy. Now, you still have Cena on Raw. You still have Orton on SmackDown. So it's not like, you know, Christian is, is, they're asking him to carry the entire company by himself. So it doesn't make any sense to me why rip it away from him. And then, like you said, Pyro, not even a feud, just out of nowhere. Oh, by the way, um, audience, who do you want to face him? Okay, Randy, there you go. Bam, title shot. No feud, nothing. By the end of the night, Christian is no longer champ. And it's insulting to the fans. But to give us something like this, and just because you wanted a special moment with Edge, I mean, come on. And then to take it away from the guys. To, they, all right, I know, Pyro, I know you like The Miz. But let's face it, The Miz is not the top guy in the company. Kane held the same belt for five months. He's not the top guy in the company. Rey Mysterio could never be the top guy in this company. Any guy you name... You know, other than I guess Randy or or, or um, Cena, these are, or Jeff Hart, these are not top guys in the company, but they're given extensive title reigns. And then Christian, who really deserved it, who's really entertaining, who like, I agree with Pyro. I think he's better than Edge. 
I really don't see what the love is for Edge versus him. You know, why Vince is in love with Edge and not Christian. But he got kicked right in the sack, and we as fans are expected to eat it and shovel it and take it. And I say to you, Vince, I got two words for you. Pyro? <laughs> yeah, uh, WWE has officially stated that they are shocked that the fan reaction is like this. They are, uh, and, and verbatim, they're shocked that the internet wrestling community has uh, crapped all over their decision, which tells you how out of touch they really are. This is one of the few times I actually agree with the IWC, who, you know, normally I wish they would kiss off and leave me alone. But uh, for one, you know, they're right. Christian has been completely screwed over. And the fact that WWE doesn't understand why is just heartbreaking. And, um, by the way, you know, Orton is still a face unless he he didn't turn or anything, did he? He just beat Christian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, apparently he just tweeted um, just a short time ago where literally all he says in his tweet is, biggest change from Raw to SmackDown, ignorance times jealousy plus spoilers equals entertaining tweets. Keep them coming. So our number one face of the company, who's getting the biggest cheers in the whole freaking, you know, WWE, has just pulled a heelish little taunt against everyone who doesn't want his title, and he thinks that it's because of ignorance and jealousy that we're upset at him. Um, I find it really, really ironic that he would call us ignorant and wonder why we're upset. Right. Yeah. Now, Pyro, another angle, I mean, not another angle, but another point that I I must say is that Christian is considered, I think, one of those mid-carters that can definitely be promoted up to, to, you know, main event status. And I think that, you know, the fact that he carried TNA, like you said, for about eight months shows that he can make it in the main event, um, you know, with other top guys like Randy Orton, John Cena, and all those guys. So let me ask you this now. The fact that they took the strap off of Christian and Vince has no faith in him, what does that tell you for the rest of the locker room, especially the mid-carders? Don't they now, like, have it in their head? They're like, well, if Christian's not going to ever make it to main event status, how am I ever going to make it to main event status? Oh, yeah. I mean, the glass ceiling's been in professional wrestling for as long as we can remember. But WWE it has made it really, really bad. Guys can't get over on their own. In fact, um, I wanted to give another quick example of that to tell you WWE's insanity. Um, Zack Ryder has recently gotten kind of a huge following online because uh, he does these weird web shows uh, where yeah, he basically yeah. makes sure and himself at the same time and he's been really entertaining and funny about it but or and he's encouraged his viewers to make certain signs and you know to take him to the arena well wwe has recently started having their security guys at arenas take away any zach Ryder signs they don't want any mention of the guy I can almost under, you know, I, I was able to understand that when they were taking away Chris Benoit signs after that happened. Yeah, but yeah. But to take Ryder signs away when he hasn't done anything, he's part of the company, he's there, he's employed, he's drawing a paycheck, he's getting over, he's pulling fans, and yet WWE doesn't want anything to do with him. Uh, you know, he they want to control him because he's not one of the top guys. It shows the mentality of current WWE where they won't let guys get over on their own. They have their own idea about who they want over, uh, Cena and Orton, 
you know, and to hell with the rest of us who have a different opinion. Um, at this point, I'm not even surprised anymore. I'm really not. And I think the reason I'm not as angry about it as the IWC is because, you know, I, like I said, I'm used to it. And, you know, I, I'm caring less and less about professional wrestling every year. And, you know, so now it's like, eh, whatever. They screwed over one of my favorite workers. What else is new? You know? But see, but see, that's the thing, and that's what pisses me off. If I can go on a rant here for a second. The truth of the matter is that, you know, if we keep taking this, if we keep uh, shoveling it, bending over and taking it, whatever analogy you want to put on this, whatever picture you want to paint, the, the WWE is going to be like, you know what, you can take this and you can you can suck on it because Vince and all his stooges and all his cronies, they don't give like just they don't give a damn about the fans. This backlash, this Twitter backlash, you have uh, Orton commenting on it, you have Joey Styles commenting on it. You know what? People need to know that the fans are upset because, yeah, okay, Orton is popular, but is he a better overall performer than Christian? No. The fact is that Vince loves this guy. Vince pushes this guy over other people. You know, he, he's put down guys like Kofi Kingston. He's put down other uh, talent in the ring. And you know what? He's killed other pushes. And I understand that wrestling is political, but that's the problem. The problem with wrestling is that it's not the UFC, and you can't put Brock Lesnar against Cain Velasquez, let them fight, let the best man win. It's chosen by Vince, and that's the catch-22 for us. We enjoy it for what it is, but we have to shove it, and we have to take it. And you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this crap. I'm sick of being screwed over. I'm sick of being a fan of this and investing time into it and wasting time on my show and talking about it with you and with Joe and with everybody else. And you know what? Vince doesn't care about us, so why should I care about Vince? Why should I care about his product? I can still go out there. I can watch an old WCW. I just watched it uh, yesterday, the fall, the rise and fall of WCW. Classic stuff, great stuff. But why, do, why should I invest my time now in this garbage when my favorite guy currently in the WWE, Christian, gets hosed by the guy who's in charge? He made it to the top. He should have got the brass ring. He got it for two days. WWE throws up a video about 9-11 with Christian as champion, with him holding the belt, and what do we get? Oh, you know what? He's not even champion anymore in real life. It already got taken away. But since it's a spoiler alert, I don't give a crap about spoilers. SmackDown sucks. Raw sucks. WWE sucks. And I am sick of it. I um, totally agree with you. And quite honestly, you're right. I mean, the, the only way fans like us can vote is with our dollar. Um, I am still writing about it. I mean, that's one of my jobs. That's what I do. And just like the other, you know, webmasters around the Internet, they will keep doing what they do. But you're right. that The basic fan, if they're that upset about it, should stop watching. It's the only way WWE will ever understand things. Um, you know, they've dropped ratings by literally half their audience from the 90s. And they don't care because their counter to that um, is to keep making programs of the 90s. And I'm not sure, you know, whether they even understand the connection. But WWE is almost as profitable now as it ever was because when they make these DVD packages of Jericho or Rise and Fall of WCW or ECW or, you know, the history of WrestleMania, they always sell really, really well. But the the people who buy them are not necessarily the same ones who go to the shows. And like I said, I don't think WWE understands that, but they're going to have to eventually when they run out of material from the 90s and, you know, 
no, you know, there's nothing left, and then they're going to have to actually start putting out a better product. I mean, take me for example. You know, I'm trying to, I, I've tried to be a pretty big fan of theirs, but I buy two pay-per-views a year. I've gone to one show in the past seven years, and I never buy any other merchandise. So they're not making that much money off of me, and hopefully, if other fans are that upset about Christian or whatever else. They stop buying the pay-per-views, they stop watching, they stop contributing, and hopefully that will send a message. In the meantime, I guess all we can hope for, as terrible as it sounds, is for Vince to become so invalid that he can't control the company anymore. We promote Triple H, who has proven he actually knows what he's doing, and you know maybe we can get the company back on track. But until then, hey, I, I, I understand. The one month of vacation I took from writing about this stuff, I never missed it. I kept tabs on how Christian was doing, but, you know, at this point, I'm sort of glad I came back from vacation this week because if I had waited an extra week, you're right, I may have been so burned out with this news that uh, I, I may not have come back at all. In fact, I was actually considering asking Rick for a, for an extension of my vacation or even to resign after hearing this, but... You know, I, I'm going to keep going just because I like writing so much. But at this point, it's not even about the wrestling. I enjoy writing about it more than I enjoy watching the product, which is sad. And that's the thing, and and that's the true the true thing here. Even for us, is that we enjoy covering it because we were lifelong fans, and because and I use the past tense, and because you know it's always interesting to talk about. Joe and I are even thinking, what are we going to do when we don't talk about wrestling? we got to take a stand somehow, some way. Are we going to talk about WrestleMania 28? Yeah, because we're going to watch it. Why? Because deep down inside, a certain part of us will always be wrestling fans. But you know what? Screw the WWE. I want to see Roxena. Yeah, I want to see. I'm hoping that The Rock will win and win the title, do all that stuff. But you know what? We're not going to talk about this every show like we always do. We're not going to spend 40 minutes talking about wrestling. We're not going to go talk about it for ranting and raving for you know months on end like we're doing now. The truth is, Pyro, when you look at... The the WWE and the Attitude Era, which is when you started being a fan, Joster was a fan. I was a fan since before that, you know. But the fact is that that's when I got back into wrestling. What what was the WWE doing? They were pulling in like sevens. Between them and WCW, their ratings were insane. Now, I may be exaggerating a bit, but but their ratings were, were combined. They were like you know four times what they are now because they, they were the ratings were so high. And they were splitting it. They were splitting like 13s and 14s and 15s, you know, between the two shows. Now they can barely get a four, and that's considered great. But in the 90s, when wrestling was hot, all they did was wrestling. Yes, they had the Vince Russo crash TV style of, of, of wrestling, but the fact is that's all they did. They didn't focus on terrible movies. They didn't focus on horrible, you know, uh, crap, uh, WWE films. I mean, who the hell wants to see Randy Orton in a film with Ed Harris? I mean, what, what what is that? Who wants to see the Marine 1, 2, and 15? Nobody wants to see these movies. And how do we prove it? Nobody goes to see them. See No Evil was a box office failure. All of Cena's movies have been bombs in the box office. You know, I don't know who buys this crap. Who buys the crap alone? I don't even care. I mean, when I was a kid, did I watch No Holds Bar with Hulk Hogan? Yeah, because I loved Hulk Hogan. But I'm not a kid anymore. Anybody who watches this crap should be pounded. 
They should be bullied. They, they should be kicked in the shins because this stuff sucks. And Vince is so focused on that that he forgot what wrestling is. He forgot what brought him to the dance, wrestling. When he talks about WCW in this, this video, it's wrestling. When he talks about the history of WrestleMania, it's wrestling. And that's what got people to watch in the first place. That's why he was pulling in those monster ratings because it was all wrestling. There was no periphery crap. They always done the Make a Wish Foundation. They're always going to continue to do the Make a Wish Foundation. So now it's the WWE, and maybe this sounds hypocritical coming from me, but the fact is, I really analyzed this, and all they've done is just alienate their actual fans. There's no wrestling. There's no WWE. But what is it focused on? It's still wrestling. But the fact is, they're pulling these crappy ratings when they used to get these monster ratings just doing wrestling. They weren't focused on making terrible CDs and making all this other garbage. I mean, I am so, and I hope it comes across in my voice and in my tone and in everything I'm saying, but I am sick of this crap. I'm sick of getting screwed over as a fan. I'm sick of never getting what I want and always getting horrible guys like John Cena and Randy No-Talent Scum-Sucking Orton as the World Heavyweight Champion, screwing over everybody else. If I was Christian, I would quit. And I know he's a professional. He wouldn't do that. If I didn't need the money, I'd say, Vince, you know what? I'm sick of this. I'm sick of you. You proved to me beyond the shadow of a doubt. After I cried on your shoulder, after I said thank you for giving me a chance, after I, I cried in front of millions of people watching around the world, had this amazing moment, you kick me in the, in the sack, take away the belt, and spit on me. This is what you think of me. This is what I think of you. Keep your money. I quit. I'm going back to TNA. I'm going to work close to my family. I'm going to make my money. I'm going to spend time with my wife and kids, and you can suck. See ya. Christian, peace. What do you guys think about that? On fire with DG. I like this. <laughs> I, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you, man. There's, there's no positive spin on this unless your name is Randy Orton, and God help you if that is your name. You know, it. it there's, there's nothing good. There is no good about and. You know, it, you're right that it all comes down to WWE's mentality. They're now. You know, WWE, not World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, they're now an action soap opera. You know, they have their writing staff is comprised of nothing but failed sitcom writers. You know, there's. Wait a minute. If, no... if I could cut you off for a second. Speaking of action soap opera, I was listening to two things I want to say because I know Joe hasn't said a word in 20 minutes, which is the way this show should be. But I was listening to Doug Mortman and uh, Dave LaGreca on Busted Open on Sirius. They interviewed Charlie Haas yesterday. Charlie Haas couldn't, he was talking about it, and he was saying how much he disliked what the WWE is doing. He couldn't, he couldn't say the words action soap opera because he forgot what they were. But that's clearly where he was going. He was like, what is it, an action uh, drama? What's it called? I forget. One of my, he's like, one of my buddies told me this, some guy in the business, action something. I forget what it is. He was trying to say action soap opera. He's like, no, this is wrestling. This is what we do. We wrestle. And then you have a guy like Steve Austin talking about how, uh, they presented him with the ringmaster character. The ringmaster character sucked. He knew it sucked. He knew it would be a failure. And he basically went out there and did what he could. And, you know, they scripted some stuff for him. And, he, you know, he cut his promos and he did what he had to do. But he took over. And like you were saying before with Zack Ryder, who's, who is very uh, – Joe, I don't know if you've ever seen his videos. Pretty entertaining. Pyro, have you seen, have you seen uh, his videos? Oh yeah, I, I was catching him a few, catching a few today. He got twelve out. I only caught like yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. But and, well, if, you, if you ever see the parts, 
if you ever see the parts of him and his dad, they're absolutely hilarious. His dad in the video is a huge John Morrison fan, and, and, and they're always feuding about that. I mean, it, you got to see it. His dad doing the pose and stuff. It's hilarious. My point is that they don't let Zack Ryder be Zack Ryder. He appeared on Monday Night Raw in, in, in the background of The Rock birthday party, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Zack Ryder. I can't believe it. He's on WWE TV, and he addressed it in his video today. My point is that the WWE wants carbon copy guys. They want these guys who are just, just like Orton and Cena and just bland and blah, and those are not the guys that we like as fans. So, all right. I can talk about this all night, but you know what? This is not the DG show. Pyro, you mentioned some exclusives and, and some things. What kind of feedback did you get from the OO community? Yeah, well, pretty much what I've covered, uh, Orton's tweet and uh, the mentality of the writers. The the one thing you should definitely not go to if you like uh, PG language is the online onslaught forums right now because literally the thread, I'm mean, actually looking at it now, the thread where, uh, where where they're talking about this, there's literally an F-bomb in every single post, usually in the context of F-W-W-E or F-Vince or F-This. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's all anyone is saying. Um, let's see, Rick actually said something. That's a new post. I haven't read that yet. But, uh, you know, the... I see one out for WWE, and I'm hoping that they do this, and I'm not making promises, but, you know, you and I and Joe are better fantasy bookers than those sitcom writers ever will be. The only out they have now is for Orton to ride this wave of hate, turn heel, and, you know, there will be the fans who still cheer him anyway, just like there are fans who cheer or boosting it anyway, no matter what they do. So we should go back to that time where, Rather than presenting a face or a heel, you present a guy and you let the crowd, you know, decide who or what they are. And, you know, let Orton be a jackass like he is. You know, he can go out there, he can screw over Christian, he can ride this wave and say everyone's just jealous and ignorant. And if you start the actual feud where Christian is chasing the belt to a heel Orton, I think you can well, polish the turd. I was going to say you can make lemonade out of the lemons, but no, you you can't do that with this situation. But, you know, that would be the only out that would actually satisfy the fans who actually, you know, want to stick around to this. And if WWE doesn't do that, I think you're right that everyone should just stop watching completely. Or, you know, the fans who can't take this anymore should just stop watching. That will be the only way they ever listen. Okay, Uh, Pyro, let me ask you this. Um, just because we could talk about this for hours upon hours, and I think we're doing a great job, by the way, uh, breaking this down. But let me ask you this, um, as probably one of our last topics, DG might have one or two more things, but I I don't know. Um, Just want to know your take on the whole, I mean, they they made the Miz, you know, the WWE champion. He carries the belt into WrestleMania. He defends it at WrestleMania and then ends up losing at the next pay-per-view to John Cena. And now... It's almost like Vince wants John Cena to hold the belt for a whole year until he meets The Rock at WrestleMania 28. And I think that is just totally absurd. I hope they don't go this route, but they almost are teasing that way, if you watch Raw on Monday, that John Cena will now be the carrier of the Raw, the WWE title, until WrestleMania so that it's a WWE title match between him and Rock. What do you think? Um, yeah, I caught that when he said it, and I'm trying to forget it. Uh, that will be...
be even worse. I mean, if you're tying up, see, you know, everyone's complaint, including the IWC and my complaint, is that, you know, WWE's become stale, and part of that staleness is that you only ever have, like, three guys ever hold the title. Um, you know, and Cena, you know, Cena's been involved in the title chase every pay-per-view with the exception of one, going back, like, seven or eight years. And if he really is going to hold the title another 12 months just to get it, you know, to The Rock, um, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I mean, the... I, I don't even have words to describe how bad that makes me feel. You know, you're, you're tying up the biggest prize of your company to a guy who everyone was already bored with anyway. Um, there's, in that case, they're not. I can't even think of an out. I mean, it's just a bad idea. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what they're thinking. I've Tried to apologize, you know, I've tried to be an apologist, I've tried to get inside their head, like I said, tried to think of things from their perspective, and there is no possible angle I can look at this where Cena holding the title for 12 straight months does anybody or the company any good whatsoever. But he's the face of the company, so I guess, you know, whatever. Yeah, speaking of whatever, Pyro, um, if you can hold with us through this, we got to get to the update. Our producer's getting on us. We need to get to the sports update, but we'd like to tie this up after the break. Can you hold it up, sir? Absolutely. All right. JB, um, we have joining us in a minute the one and only Todd Johnstone, but, of course, Mr. JB, Joe Buccino. We have some sponsors that we need to get to. On Fire with Pyro, which, of course, we are not done with yet, or on fire with DG, whatever you want to call it, is brought to you by Executive Business Machines. If you have a copier, printer, fax machine, a computer, or a typewriter that needs repair, I know Todd does, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, located in Elwood Park, New Jersey. EBM is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years. They specialize in service sales and supplies on all office equipment. Once again, call EBM, Executive Business Machines, 201-797-9400. And if you mention Pure Gold, you get 20% off your service order. JB? Folks, it's 1037. It's a little bit later than usual. I do apologize. We do apologize. It's time for the sports update and Todd's Take, brought to you by Rocco's Inner City Games. Rocco's Inner City Games, where your gaming needs are our specialty. We have used and new games at competitive prices, and we also repair all video game systems. Come to Rocco's for all your gaming needs. Call us at 973-883-6022 or visit, visit us, damn it, at 69 Garden Street in Passaic, New Jersey. When you call or come in, please mention Pure Gold. Without further ado, it is time for our sports update. Todd, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. All right. NHL playoffs. The Canucks lead the Predators. It's 2-1 to one as they head to the third period. Uh, NBA playoffs have the night off tonight. Bulls and the Hawks will face off tomorrow in Game 3. They are tied 1-1 one to one in that series. And the Lakers will take on the Mavs as they try to get back in it as they are down 2 to nothing. In Major League Baseball, the Rangers and the Mariners are tied at 0-0 in the top of the second. The Rockies and the D-backs. The Rockies are leading the D-backs 1-0 in the top of the third. The Yanks lose to the Tigers 6-3. Hooray! <laughs> Jays and the Rays. The Rays lead the Jays, or beat the Rays 3-1. The Rays beat the Jays. Well, that's hard to say. 3-1. to one. <laughs> Royals over the Angels, 9-1. to one. 
Indians and the A's. The Indians take it four to three in the twelfth inning. Brewers and the Braves. Braves beat the Brewers two to one. The Nats and the Phils. The Phils unfortunately win seven to three. Strohs and the Reds. The Reds beat the Strohs ten to four, and the Mets win another one today. The Mets win five to two, and the Cardinals over the Marlins six to three. That's your sports update, KB. Yep, the Mets avoid the sweep, and the Yankees do get swept. It's a good night in sports and for pure gold. So without further ado, it's also now time for Todd's take. So, Todd, sir, take it away. My take tonight is something very self-indulgent and selfish. But it's my take. I'll say what I want. So tonight I want to talk about Marky Mark Sanchez, the Sanchez. Uh, Currently he has his uh, Jets West training camp. OTA, whatever you want to call it, however you want to put it. Uh, He's got everybody out west, and uh, he's running his camp, and it's in full swing. And he's been kind enough to keep us all updated with uh, social media pictures and video and, you know, even radio appearances on the Michael K. Show today, which was fantastic. I actually was out to dinner with my family and had to get up and leave the table when I got the tweet from Sanchez saying that he was going on the radio. But sorry, folks, I had to stand up and walk away for a minute. So, you know, I can't tell you how great this makes me feel about who this kid is as an NFL quarterback, right? We've seen his skills. We've also seen him get mired down in and get caught up in the, uh, the, the emotion of the game at times, but it's okay. I mean, this is what every team who took a quarterback in the first round or even in the early rounds in the past three years, three to four years, wishes they had in a quarterback. I mean, any owner, any coach who doesn't turn on ESPN and feel ill about their guy when they see this, you know, is either in total denial, has no idea what they're doing, or they're Al Davis. Remember, folks, this is year three. And I've said it before, and I make no predictions uh, until free agency happens, but if you see us on your schedule this year, I mean, you better be nervous. This kid is a franchise quarterback in every single aspect of the term. For the haters, you will see us five times this year in prime time. Right? Mark is here to stay, and so is this team's bravado. If you don't like it, too bad. The franchise is here to make believers of us all. And now that I've puffed out my chest you know, for a season that may or may not even happen, you can consider yourself taken. I'm Todd Johnstone. JB? Thank you, sir, TJ. Um, just one last question. Uh, did Joan ever re- reply to your tweet this morning about Mr. Um, Rex Ryan? They did not. Oh, okay. I'm just sure that, case, I mean, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say. In case everybody uh, wants to know, uh, Rex, Rex Ryan has uh, his new book out, Play Like You Mean It, and he's uh, making the book tour and uh, hitting all the radio shows and such. So Joe and Evan were in line for his uh, interview today at 10.30 this morning, and Evan tweeted it, and uh, he was looking for questions to ask. So, you know, naturally, I hit JB right up and said, okay, what do we want to hear? What do we want to know? Yep. So we just we want to we want to know, you know, now that the, the NFL draft is over, what do the Jets need to go after in the free agent market to, you know, bolster this team up and make another run to the Super Bowl and um, I'm sure that question will be asked eventually because, you know, we hope to have an NFL season this year. And when they do, we hope the Mets, I mean the Jets, 
are definitely buyers and not sellers like the Mets. So, TJ, I think the question, you, sir, I think the question you should have asked is, why the hell is Rex Ryan running a book when he hasn't won a damn thing? That is the question that I would like to have answered. Rex can stuff it. And this comes from the heart because my partner, JB, was just saying how he thinks the Jets are going to go 7-9 and nine off the air to me the other day. So you can all stick it. You and Gang Green and Todd and JB and Rex Ryan can stuff it. <laughs> wow, that sounds like a bitter giant fan. <laughs> TJ, I think you should go now. <laughs> well, what else? What else has he got to be happy about? Yeah, yeah, right. that's true. <laughs> See you, Todd. Have a good one. Have a good, good one. Night. Good night, folks. Is uh, you know, we finished our uh, stuff and Todd. We just got. I mean, Joe, is that? Come on, get, give me some credit. Is that not a good point? Why is Rex Ryan writing books to play like you mean it? Why the hell is he writing a book? Has he won a Super Bowl yet? No. Has he been to a Super Bowl with the Jets? No. Shut up, Rex. Shut up. Getting back to what we were talking about before the break, folks. I was ranting and raving about this Christian situation, and we'd like to thank Pyro, who's back on with us. Pyro, I have a question for you. Um, you know, in your heart of hearts, I know you like the Miz and all these other guys, but. The truth of the matter is that when the WWE does not know how to book, let's be honest here, when guys win the World Heavyweight Championship, what happens to them afterwards? Look at CM Punk. Where the hell is he? I mean, the Nexus is a joke, but Punk had three world title reigns. He, he got the brass ring, quote-unquote, and now he's mid-carding it up somewhere. I know that there's some hang-up with him in the WWE because he doesn't want to sign over the CM Punk trademark to them. So uh, that's, probably, that's the real reason he hasn't signed a new deal with them. But... Look at Jack Swagger. He was World Heavyweight Champ, a lackluster title reign. Kane had a lackluster title reign. Mysterio's title reigns have both been lackluster. The Miz's title reign lasted about five months, six months, and he did absolutely nothing with it. He was relegated to a third-string you know, backup quarterback in the feud for the title between him and Cena because of Cena and The Rock. I mean, everything that's been done with these guys, when they win the title, they just Sheamus. They just go nowhere. They go down to mid-card obscurity. The only guys who stick around for the long term are Cena and Orton. So, unfortunately, I mean, I guess for Christian, he's going to go back to the mid-card or get fired or who knows what. But uh, why do you think it is that the WWE can't book these guys properly? And why is it that when a guy wins the title, it seems to be the death knell for their career, and they just go right down the toilet? WWE management is a bunch of cowards who don't understand the idea of taking a risk in business, which is ironic considering that's how their company got started in the first place. Um, it's obvious that Cena and Orton put butts on the seats. They sell the merch. They, uh, you know, are the face of the company. Um, and I honestly believe that they, WWE, um, is – too scared to, you know, try somebody else, no matter how proven they were in outside areas, you know. Like I said, Christian, you know, carried TNA for a few months, and you know, he, he did fine. I think WWE is so, you know, I, I don't know why they're so afraid. I, I've tried to think about that, but it's like they only want to stick with what they know works, but they screw themselves because you know, you have to take a chance now and then because you never know when, you know, say Orton or Cena get injured or, God forbid, die, and, you know, suddenly you can't rely on them anymore. You have to have backup players. But, you know, in all sports, say baseball, you know, you have your spring training. You play guys who are normally bench players. 
You play him every so often just to see what they're capable of, and if a guy can prove himself, he can work his way up to the lineup. WWE doesn't care about that. All they care about are the, you know, Derek Jeter's and Alex Rodriguez's the, who, uh, you know, who, who have proven that they are have been good at one point, and so they're the only ones they worry about. And, you know, honestly, uh, while you were talking to uh, Todd, who had a very relaxing rant today, which kind of shocked me, um, <laughs> I, I looked at Orton's tweets because I guess I'm a masochist, and Orton right now is saying how uh, the people who don't like him are not going to get laid, and he's calling a few people boners and jerks. Oh, and uh, he's going on about how people are jealous of him while he's retweeting everyone who is uh, sucking up to him. So this is our face of the company, our number two champion, our number possibly number one baby face, who is basically, you know, being the very definition of a douchebag right now. I don't know, well, man. That doesn't surprise me, but the truth of the matter is that when we look at the WWE, when we look at the landscape of it, you know, they they just don't know – what's going on, they don't know what they're doing, and when you look at all the guys who've won, they just don't go anywhere. The truth is that we we as fans, we've just pretty much been, cl- you know, clowned by the WWE, and there really is nothing to look forward to. You know, why why do we watch? What are we watching for? You know, like I said, don't tell me that any of these other mid-card guys are any better than Christian, because they're not. But they were at least given decent title reigns. They were at least given the title for a month, two months, three months, six months. Whatever the case is, did The Miz put people in the seats? No. Did people turn on the WWE to watch The Miz? No. Was he selling merch? Not anything close to Cena or Orin. So why was he champ for so long? Why were any of these guys given opportunities? Because the truth is, if we're going to go by that, then Hulk Hogan should have kept the WWE title for, you know, 10, 11 years when he was with the WWF back in the 80s, and that should have been it. But no, they gave a guy like The Ultimate Warrior who was popular, they gave him an opportunity, you know, um, I mean, Andre the Giant held it for a cup of coffee, but, you know, Randy Savage held the belt. They had other guys who were still top draws, but still guys up there who, who had the title, and they gave them opportunities. But what they're doing here is they're just, they're just giving it to the same old people over and over again, and you get tired of it. I mean, you look at a guy like Mick Foley. Well, who was Mick Foley? Did Mick Foley put butts in the seats? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, he was, he was entertaining and stuff for what he was. You know, but back during the Attitude Era, guys were holding uh, – Guys were holding the belt for one night, two nights, three nights. Basically what Christian has been doing. You know, Mankind, I think his longest title reign, he was a three-time world champ, and, and they, they didn't last longer than three weeks. His longest title reign was his first one, which lasted three weeks. His next one lasted two weeks, and his last one la- lasted one day. I mean, I mean, right here I'm looking at the WWE title history. Vince McMahon held the belt for ten days. And he forfeit the title. So that alone is longer than Christian held the belt, longer than even Dolph Ziggler, who had the belt for 10 minutes. So I just, I, I don't know, I just don't know what, what they expect from us, what they expect from the fans, you know. Um, you mentioned, uh, and I keep going back to the same thing, but, but is there anything else about on the on the message boards and whatnot? Because you had mentioned how you had some exclusives and, you know, whatnot for us this evening. Yeah, it seems the exclusives are not so exclusive anymore, unfortunately. Uh, there doesn't seem to be... <laughs> That much information, although uh, Rick Skaya, the webmaster of Online Onslaught, gave us another worst-case scenario by saying now that Christian is bumped, they might make Mark Henry the number one contender, which uh, is just sad enough to, you know, be 
theoretically possible, and that that just hurts thinking about it too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I heard something. I heard something to the effect today that um, Chris Jericho was was commenting. Why are people so upset about? This whole situation, and Joe, maybe you can chime in on this one. Why are they so upset? Did they ever think that maybe this is a part of a bigger picture? But what, and this coming from his, his one of his best friends, what possible bigger picture could this serve, Joe? I mean, what, what is the bigger picture of losing the title in two days and getting screwed out of the belt? I mean, are they going to go back and give him the title for six months? I don't think so, sir. Any comments since you've been pretty quiet this evening? No, other than the fact that, you know, Chris Jericho... <laughs> You know, I've respected a lot of what Chris Jericho has said throughout his career, you know, within the WWE and, and the other companies that he's been in. And for him to say that, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how he could be considering how he he's considered one of Christian's friends because, you know, you don't have somebody drop the strap uh, on the very next show, only 48 hours. I know technically SmackDown's on Friday, so, you know, they, they want you to make believe that Christian held the title for four or five days. But the fact oh, wow. is that, you know, yeah. The fact is that Jericho, you know, I think what he says there is just so bad on so many levels. I mean, if you're going to have Christian drop the strap and you figure he's not, you know, going to be a person that's going to draw, um, you know, for you know, to your shows, then have him drop it, you know, at the next pay-per-view. There's no reason why he needs to drop it on the very first show that he's the world champion. So I, I don't think that Jericho's statements are are good and I don't know how he considers himself a, a Christian friend if he's gonna say something like that, you know, Pyro? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I, you know, <laughs> honestly the longer we're talking the more the whole thing's hurting my head because the more I think about it the more I'm getting angry just <laughs> my PG is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really well, have anything at at this point either, which I know I'm kind of crapping out on the show. I always try to do my best here on Pure Gold, uh, but I don't know. This has been very demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's just one of those things that we, we honestly, there's no explanation for it, but you know what, Pyro? We appreciate you coming on. Again, this may be the last time that we have you on the show after this swap fest, but um, considering that, you know, maybe something big will happen, maybe Christian will get the title back, Maybe they'll win us back. Most likely they won't. But uh, I, in, the, in the near future, I just don't see Jay being myself really talking much about this. But we always appreciate your insight. We appreciate you, uh, you know, helping us out today. And I mean, I could have just kind of on a 45-minute rant because that's how pissed I am. But you know, thank you for coming along and uh, bringing the bringing the good stuff as always. Oh yeah, fair enough, guys. And I'll probably call in with a non-wrestling-related comments and you know, blathering. You know, thankfully my life it doesn't revolve around. Uh, professional wrestling, and God help me if it ever does. So never know. <laughs> Heck, I'm watching baseball more and more, and enjoying Roy Halladay and the Cubs. You know, even though Roy Halladay's on the Phillies, but watching Roy Halladay do well and the Cubs do whatever the Cubs are doing. You know, so hopefully I can offer something else to the show besides crying over this stupid, horrible abortion of entertainment. <laughs> Sir, as always, a pleasure. You have a good night, and uh, thank you for uh, always bringing your insight, sir. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Well, folks, that was the one and only Pyro Falcon from Online Onslaught, a regular contributor to this show. JB, since I've been ranting and raving for who knows how long, uh, you wanna you wanna shift gears on us, sir? You wanna do something here? You want you wanna save this uh, save us from uh, you know damnation, as it were? 
I think I do because if I if I talk about wrestling anymore tonight, and uh, the fact that you know what Vince is doing to the fans, especially the Attitude Era fans, is just a uh, a total shame. So, you know, I, I think we should switch gears. I mean, the other part of our show was going to be heavily based on we were going to talk about, you know, just talk about Smallville's episode, and there's only really one more episode left before the series finale. So. DG, I mean, this one was a, a better, I mean, in my opinion, Smallville, we're now in Smallville View segment of Pure Gold, but I felt that this episode was a lot better than last week's episode, and I shouldn't be comparing episodes like that, but I, I really liked this episode a lot more. You had Clark and, you know, Ollie uh, traveling into the Phantom Zone to uh, face Zod, and we know that Zod is a great actor, the, the person that plays um, Zod, I forget his name offhand, but his real name, but... He's a great actor, and um, the fact that Zod was now in the Phantom Zone and they, they defeated him and now put him into that. And you have all the good terminology, DG, so you got to help me out with this thing. The fact that the show ended with him and three uh, two of his soldiers inside that mirror prism thing was a good way to end that whole storyline with Zod, DG. What, I mean, did you agree that this episode was a lot better than last week's? Uh, I agree. I definitely agree with that, and I think that you're right. That, that kind of mirrors the whole... Phantom Zone from Superman Part 2 thing, and Callum Blue is the name of the guy who plays Zod, and he is absolutely phenomenal. He's just yeah. an amazing actor. It was great to see him back. I actually wish that, uh, to be honest, I wish that they had let him on uh, another episode or two this season, even though he was in the Phantom Zone, so I guess it just kind of ties in perfectly for one episode, but it was great to see him back. I even liked the little 300-esque color splashes and stuff, the way that they changed it up so it wasn't your normal camera angle to show that they were in a different planet. I liked Oliver and Clark fighting, and I liked the whole back and forth that they had and Zod getting in his brain, and we get to see that Ollie's still affected with the darkness and all that other business. But uh, I agree, sir. I thought it was a really good episode, and I have to admit, it's, you know, after being going nuts about what, what I went nuts about and ranting and raving, it's kind of nice to have a change of pace and to have something positive to talk about, which, of course... Sir, would be uh, this episode of Smallville. Um, what did you think? What did you think about the whole uh, Tess and Lois and their interaction and Lois pulling the gun out and Clark being gone for three weeks and now in storyline times there's only two days left until their wedding, which of course takes place in the last episode of the season, which is two weeks from tomorrow. I mean, they still tease that Tess might go, you know, using a wrestling term. Go heal with this whole, uh, you know, the whole show. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure she does because at this point, if she was going to go heal, I felt like she was going to do it already. But you know, I guess yeah. that with Lex, with Lex coming back, you never know if he somehow changes her mind and they go full blown heel, brother and sister. Um, and I like the fact that you know they they still tease that kind of stuff. I liked how Lois did pull a gun onto you know onto uh, what's her name Tess. And yeah. then it was just, you know, you know, it just showed that she really, really, really cares about Clark. And the fact that, you know, she thought that Tess is the one that set that whole, like, uh, you know, that time clock, that if they didn't get out of the, t the Phantom Zone in a certain amount of time, it was going to explode or implode where they weren't going to be able to come back at all to save themselves or to save to save Earth from any more of those creatures getting through the Phantom Zone. So I like the yeah. idea that, you know, Tess... Um, I mean, Lois automatically assumed that it was Tess's idea and not Clark's. Yeah, well, because the whole idea is that Clark should be trusting her with everything, and unfortunately he's still not trusting her completely. But, right. you know, 
it, it was good stuff. It was definitely a good episode. I really enjoyed the fact that um, I enjoyed the fact that the, you know the Smallville decided to go this route. They're going this route. You know, Joe, what did you think about the the trailer for the the finale with Lex? That little Lex Live Evil trailer, sir. <laughs> I think this. I, I think I might have showed you it first, right? Or you already knew about it? No, no, you, you showed me first. Yeah, I mean that. I mean anything with Lex. I think that we're so like, uh, so hungry for this guy Michael Rosenbaum to come back as Lex. I think that little trailer right there was so great to see. It just. Uh, I mean, I use this this phrase a lot with Smallville. It was bittersweet that Michael Rosenbaum. It took him this long to come back. You know, I think. He could have been in, like, he didn't have to be in every episode this series, uh, this season to end the series. But, you know, to have him just back for only one episode and it has to, and it has to be the series finale, I think is just bittersweet because I think they could have done a lot more with Lex and Clark building up to the series finale. But now all you have is a series finale with Michael Rosenbaum, uh, known as Lex Luger, Lex Luthor. And the only thing that I don't like, too, is, <laughs> I mean, we could get into this much, much more. I don't like the fact that, you know, like, you don't have any scenes with the, the series finale with, with Lex and his father. I mean, to me, that really doesn't make sense. But, you know, I'm trying not to be negative about a show that I've watched for 10 years. So, I mean, it is what it is, I guess, at this, at this point. Well, you know what? It, it's hard uh, It's hard to not be negative because that's a vehicle that's all about being negative and, and uh, right. you know, scumming it up. The truth of the matter is that, um, I agree with you. I don't understand why they would book, you know, why would they would book a match between Lionel and uh, Lex? Because the truth of the matter is that that would bring in monster heat, that would bring in major face pops and heel pops from the crowd, and of course it would sell merch like nobody's business to steal a couple of uh, action soap opera terms. But you know what? The truth of the matter is that this show is just—it's it, going out on a high note, regardless of what you think about the Booster Gold episode. The show's going out on a high note. You know, it's just it's always been it's always been great, it's always been classic, it's always been P G as it were. Clark finally, you know, about to put on the suit. Looking forward to that, looking forward to him uh, you know, dropping it like it's hot as it were and just uh you know, incinerating everybody and going crazy. I I've I've always been a big fan of uh of this. I've always been a big fan of this program and the fact is that they for the most part, uh for the most part they've done it right. You know, I I have a comment here by uh by Pyro who who left it. Listen to the show. He said, uh, he quotes you, it's hard to be negative for a show we've watched for 10 years. Then he said, Joe, did you hear the last hour that you were, <laughs> we've been talking? <laughs> <laughs> this show is pure negativity. It's pure crap. And, uh, no, you know, sometimes it can be positive. I'm sure that we'll figure, we'll figure out a time and a place where we can be. Um, but, you know, I'm excited about it. I, I'm sad that the show's going to be over in two weeks, but I'm excited about the fact that you know what, we're going to be able to just look back on the show with positive memories for the most part and talk about that. And, Joe, I know we haven't decided when we're going to do it, but you know we have to do an all-Smallville show. I mean, this show's basically been all about Christian, but we got to do a show where we cover Smallville, do a, a retrospective about it, considering that we're on the verge of uh, of uh, ending uh, our favorite show. Yeah, I mean, I think the perfect day to do it will be our Tuesday show right after the the series finale, which would be, uh, you know, on May 17th. So hopefully we could do that and spend uh, a whole show on Smallville, talk about the series finale itself, which is like a two-hour special, um, and then also talk about the series in general in terms of season by season, what we liked, what we didn't like, and I think we could definitely do that. And hopefully, you know, we could, 
you know, have our normal guest, uh, our normal person that does talk about Smallville on that night so that we could just, you know, get more than just our take on it because, you know, for the most part, like Pyro says, we sometimes, but, but you know, neg- negativity sells and, you know, it's all about the ratings nowadays. So, you know, we, we try to be, we try to keep it realistic, but more or less we, we, we do hit on the negative more than the positive. <laughs> yeah, more often than not. Um, you know, if I could touch on this for a minute, sir, um, I like, yeah. and of course, we, we should have had a different uh, co-host with us today, but for whatever reason, he bailed on us. He pulled uh, he pulled uh, uh, Pyro and disappeared for a week. But, um, you know, I want to talk about The Office for a second. Last week was the last episode with Michael Scott in it, and I know that you used to watch the show, sir, but, um, it, you know, it was bittersweet for me as a fan of The Office because... I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again, going back to being negative, this show is going to absolutely tank without Michael Scott, a.k.a. Steve Carell, on the show. I mean, who is there to watch on the show? You know, he's always been the guy, the main character, the person that everybody plays off of, and by by getting rid of him or, you know, whatever he's doing, it truly just messes up a good flow that they had going. What they should have done is they should have kept him on until next year, had him and Holly get married, show that, have a big wedding fiasco, debacle, as long as the office can do, and then send him out maybe mid-season next year, but instead waiting for four episodes before the season ended this year really didn't make sense because the truth of the matter is that, you know, he is the show, so now they have the next four episodes. Will Ferrell, who I, I don't like, but he was pretty hilarious in this last episode. He actually got the job done, um, and he, he was pretty uh, he was pretty funny. He, you know, he had his moments and whatnot, and he's definitely off the wall, that type of actor. He's the type of guy, like I said last week, who's hit or miss, but he was definitely hit this week. And uh, it, it goes to show you a little bit of what the office would be like, and maybe he, it would be good if he was still there. But he's leaving the show also, and now they're going to have guys like Ricky Gervais and uh, Jim Carrey and um, I forget the other dude, Will Arnett, I think, the dude who's married to... Uh, uh, what, what's her name? Um, I, I know her as Leslie Nope, Amy Poehler, Amy Poehler from Saturday Night Live and now from Parks and Recreation. But uh, I mean, what do you think, JB? You think there's anybody who could effectively replace uh, Michael Scott? No, not really, because when you make the show center around you know Michael Scott, Steve Carell, the actor, um, you really can't replace somebody like that. And I think you used the analogy last week about just imagine taking out Tom Welling or taking out Clark out of Smallville and still calling it Smallville. I just don't know how that works. I don't know how it's just, you know, if anything, you make it, uh, you do a spin-off of that show and call it something else, but you don't replace the main actor, the main character with someone else and expect the same type of ratings and for the people to still tune in week in and week out. I think that the show, like I said last week, I think the show will lose ratings big time. You might, it might not lose ratings when the season premieres, but, you know, two or three episodes in, people are going to realize that Steve Carell is what made this show so great and so funny, so popular. And they're going to realize that, you know, I don't have to watch The Office anymore because Steve Carell's off the show now. He, he, you know, it's not The Office anymore. It's not The Office at all without Steve Carell, DG. I agree with you. That's actually a good point. If you are going to do that, you know what, then call it something else. Don't call it The Office because it really is not The Office. You know, it, without him, it really is a, essentially a spin-off. And you gave the example of Clark. And speaking of that, I was watching, uh, like, for two seconds yesterday, Breaking In, or yesterday the day before, 
And uh, they had Michael Rosenbaum, who's a member of the show with Christian Slater. He's one of the main cast members. And he was wearing a Superman shirt, which I thought was kind of funny and ironic. And he had hair. My wife my wife didn't believe that that was Lex Luthor or Lex Luger, as you say here on Pure Gold. She's like, yeah, that's not Lex. He has hair. I was like, baby, he used to shave his head for uh, for Smallville. And she was amazed by that. But, um, you know, it, it was some good stuff to see to see that. And, uh you know, it, it's just one of those things that you look at it, and you're right, Joe, and I really, I'm glad you mentioned it, and that's, of course, why, uh, you know, we compliment each other so well, because there was no doubt in my mind that, that you know, this show, that there's just no saving it without Steve Carell, and now to have somebody else in charge, I mean, how is it going to be? You're always going to compare him to Michael Scott. It's like you said, it's like when you replace an actor, essentially what they're going to do is replace an actor to play a different role than Steve Carell, and it's not going to work. It's like if Jonathan Kent had left Smallville, let's say. All right, and maybe that's not a great example, but if he had left Smallville and then somebody else came in to pretend to be Clark's stepfather, it wouldn't work. If you took Clark out and tried to replace him with Green Arrow, it wouldn't work. You need the same actor leading the show. You need the same actor in charge of the show. And unfortunately, it's just not going not gonna to get the job done, sir. And... Uh, I, I mean, I know I know you used to watch the show, but when did you uh, when did you stop watching The Office? I know you're busy with Sabrina and you know whatnot. Yeah, I would say in 2008, I definitely stopped watching The Office because of you know mostly because not because I wasn't entertained by the show, but I did become a father in 2008, and I just you know had to you know cut down on the shows that I was watching. I would be DVRing them, I'd I'd watch them not live, and it's just not the same anymore. So I just you know unfortunately gave it up. But you know, DG. Uh, tell me what you think about this real fast, as I have uh, as I have a quick thought. Is that like if you think about it, NBC does a piss poor job of keeping shows on the air. And if you think about it this way, NBC, USA, and the WWE have all a lot of things in common. They have all a bunch of like writers, producers, and directors that just suck. I mean, they're all <laughs> part of the, they're all part of the same parent company because you know you have. You had Saturday Night Main Event on NBC, and then you had USA yeah. involved with Raw, and then you have yeah. like just you know WWE with these monkey writers. I just think that NBC, USA, and the WWE are just all in the same boat. They're all crap. They all have monkey writers that just don't have a clue. And if you notice that, it's more more or less NBC is the is the channel that cancels most shows mid season <laughs> and just has doesn't have a clue. I think CBS and ABC have more successful shows than NBC combined. Are you talking about, um, you still talking about Knight Rider, sir? I'm talking about Knight Rider, but I'm also talking about how the fact that <laughs> CBS could, CBS does, you know, CSI, you know, CSI shows, even like yeah. uh, Home Improvement, Home Improvement on, on ABC, those kind of shows just last, and they have like, what, Grey's Anatomy? You mean Anatomy? Extreme Home Makeover? Are you talking about Home Improvement from like the 90s with Tim Allen? Oh, Extreme Makeover. <laughs> But they have shows like, you know, Desperate Housewives. They have Grey's oh, Anatomy. They, but I'm saying they have successful shows. You might not like these shows, but they're more successful than what NBC puts on for, you know, for entertainment. That is true. And, you know, another another channel that has uh, successful shows, we actually have a caller on hold, JB, that I'd like to get to. Uh, I know he wants to talk wow. about The Office. Um, but, you know, even NBC, when they had 24 for eight years, and they've had, like, uh, the American Idol, I'm sorry, Fox, Fox, I meant Fox, Channel 5, they had uh, right. 24, they had American Idol, they've had a lot of good shows on there, but, uh, you know, let, let, let's get to our caller. We have joining us uh, for the evening, for the first time, we have Jonelle from uh, from Patterson, New Jersey, who would like to talk about The Office. Jonelle, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good, how are you? 
Doing good, sir. Doing good. What's on your mind this evening? I know you're a big fan of The Office from, you know, your uh, emails and whatnot that you've sent to us. So uh, lay it on us, sir. What do you got going on? Um, nothing much. I mean, I, I'm sad to see Corel go. Um, I do agree that he is a show, and I don't think they'll be able to come up with a, uh, a replacement. And I still love the show. I love Jim and Pam, and, and the characters are great, but Steve Carell is the show. He, he He's one of the best comedic actors um, working today, and... It's a huge blow for the office. It definitely is. I mean, I guess they could always have uh, they could always have Creed you know, take over the office. Oh, by the way, Jenna, I have to I have to admit I love the fact that you started off your your call by saying uh, I I don't know. <laughs> That's a great way to start off a, a call into a, a talk show. But let me ask you a question, sir. How when do you think? Then this is just me and Hans and you know Joe. We're pretty much of the same mind here. But when do you think the show will get canceled next year? Because I honestly don't see it lasting an eighth season. I can't imagine it going a full season next I year say, with with somebody I else in say, charge. I say midway through the next season, the ratings will just fall apart and they'll be forced to cancel it. <laughs> it's, uh, Joe, there you go right there. That, that's that's going to be another mid-season cancellation for NBC. I love Typical. The Office, but... It's, I can't see anyone coming up with the lines that Michael Scott comes up with. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Will Ferrell as uh, D'Angelo Vickers? Uh, I can't stand him. Will Ferrell plays the same character in every movie, and um, it's, I'm tired of it already. <laughs> I, wait, you're telling me you didn't find him at least somewhat funny when he went on that sales call last week with Andy? Um, not really. Um, this whole Russian roulette thing was pretty, eh, I don't know. I just, he, he disgusts me. I don't know how he's, he's paid so much to do so, such a crappy so job. Uh, well, let me ask you one more that. question. Sorry, so let me ask you one more question. Joe is, uh, Joe is pretty much uh, t- dropping a deuce, I think, right now. Um, out of the actors that are currently on the show, do you think there's anybody there who could possibly take over and be the, the boss? I'm, I'm saying nobody else from the outside, whether it's uh, Daryl or Dwight or anybody. Um, I can't see Dwight taking over permanently. I can't see that. He's he's Dwight. He has to stay as Dwight, second in command. Um, Jim was manager, but I don't know. I think that takes too much away from the Jim and Pam aspect of the show. Um, but I did notice last the last episode that Michael gave the somehow I manage um book to Daryl. And I mean Daryl's good but um I think Creed would be better. <laughs> I would, I yeah, would that would be great. Like, like a religion, like it would be number one on everything if Creed were manager. What a sick puppy. Joe, now we appreciate you calling in, and I know Joe is just amazed at how you basically agreed with everything that he said and that we said, and you think they're going to get canceled next year. But uh, we appreciate you calling in and listening to the show. And, you know, don't be a stranger, sir. If you have anything to say, I mean, we'll be covering Burn Notice pretty soon because Burn Notice yep. is coming up. I know you're a big fan of that. And, uh, of course, Smallville yep. with the ser- 
with a series finale, you, you you have to you have to call in and talk about that when we when we have our all Smallville show. Yep, that'll be hot. It's been a blast so far. All right, man. Have a good night. Thanks for calling in. You too. Keep the bowling. <laughs> Let's go, sir. All right, well, that was the one and only Joe Nell joining us from uh, Patterson, uh, my uh, my place of birth. That is my Krypton, as it were. That's where I was born. Unfortunately, my wife hates it, but, you know, what can I say? JB, you have any closing thoughts for us as we finish out this uh, this great rant fest of a show? I just want to know your opinion, and this is a nugget that you're going to laugh on, but I just have to mention it. Like, So apparently the world is going to end on May 21st. Yeah, apparently uh, the world is not going to end on May 21st because Harold Camping is full of crap. You know, I'm listening to his show. This guy is about a, this guy's about a thousand years old. You know, for those of you who don't know, Family Radio, don't bother checking it out. It's all lies, and I can tell you, as a as a you know licensed, ordained, anointed, whatever you want to call the the word, as a minister, and you, you, by, based on some of the comments that I make, you may not think so. But the fact is that yeah, I am a youth minister. We've talked about this many times in the show. Harold Camping is one of these nut jobs who preaches something that's not biblical, that's not true, that's not accurate. And I have to admit, this is great. Considering we talk so much about Christian, and we talk about Christianity, it's just great. I was listening to him last night on his program, and this guy sounds like death warmed over. He's talking to some callers, and they're basically calling him out on the fact that he's already predicted the world to end, like, in 1994. And he said, well, you know, basically what he said, Joe, and tell me what you think about this. He said that he hadn't really finished reading the Bible, but there were some signs pointing to the world ending in 1994. So he wrote a book, and and then it ended up being wrong because, obviously, you know, we're still here about 17 years later. And now he's saying that the world is going to end in 2011, which is where we are, May 21st, in about three weeks. Um, And, uh, you know, basically he's just full of it. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, we're not doing a show that that day, unfortunately, because it's a Saturday. But, you know, our next show would be the 23rd, so we'll still be here. We'll be talking about it, and we'll be dropping turds on uh, Harold Camping and his uh, – you know, the, the Bible says that nobody knows the day nor the hour that the, that the world will come to, and that only God himself. So explain to me, Joe, how this guy came out of nowhere and said, you know what, the world is coming to an end on May 21st, 2011. Because the Bible says so. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, like most of this show tonight, that's pure crap. And I'm glad that we were able to tie everything up together and make it even more crap. Because, like you said, we talked about Christian and we ended up with some guy that's anti-Christian, obviously. <laughs> and just has just has no clue. And I'm glad that uh, I just wanted to throw that little nugget out there before we put a nice little bow on this one. Yeah, I agree, sir. As always, uh, you know, we just uh, we bring it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We talk about everything on this show. One thing that we won't be talking about much of, of course, is wrestling in the WWE, unless it's something major. Um, JB, you know, I think we should uh, take care of our sponsors because, of course, they're part of what makes this show so great. So, without further ado-do, this show... Parts partially brought to you by Executive Business Machines. If you have a copier, printer, fax machine, a computer, a typewriter, or a Death Star that needs repair, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400. They're located in Elwood Park, New Jersey, formerly East Patterson, New Jersey. EBM is a family-owned and operated business for over 50 years. 
I wasn't even alive 50 years ago, so these guys really know what they're doing. My dad was about 15 when these guys started, so that, that that's good stuff. They specialize in service sales and supplies on all office equipment. You know what? The, the people from Dunder Mifflin should have called them. They should have called EBM to take care of their stuff, and maybe Michael Scott would still be on the show. But aside from that, call Executive Business Machines at 201-797-9400, and if you mention Pure Gold, you will get 20% off your service order. Sir? Folks, our other sponsor for tonight was... Rocco's Inner City Games. Rocco's Inner City Games, where your gaming needs are our specialty. We have new and used games at competitive prices, and we also repair all video game systems. Come to Rocco's for all your gaming needs. Call us at 973-883-6022 or visit us at our address at 69 Garden Street in Passaic, New Jersey. When you call or come in, please mention Pure Gold. And I just want to mention, DG, a, a great week of Pure Gold, as always, but I want to also mention a very happy... Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and also all the mothers-to-be, which includes your wife, sir. So have a happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. If you have your mom still with us, go give her a hug, give her a kiss. Appreciate her because she is your mother, of course. And again, I'm wishing <laughs> all the mothers out there a very happy and joyous and blessed happy Mother's Day as DG <laughs> continues to laugh that I am wishing all mothers-to-be and mothers a very happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, wish her a happy Mother's Day because she is your mother, of course. That is cl- that's a Jobyism right there. That is classic. We have got you, Joe. You got to write these down. We have got to put them up on the website for people to hear the pure crap that you talk about because that was classic. That was the line of the evening. After all my ranting and raving, that was the line of the evening, sir. And I will definitely give my mom a big old hug and a kiss. And they should be seeing her tomorrow evening and Saturday because we're not getting together Sunday. Uh, but we're going to do the Mother's Day thing on Saturday instead, so I'll be taking care of that. And, again, I'd like to wish my father a happy, happy – I was wish him a happy Mother's Day. And I'd like to wish him a happy <laughs> birthday, num- number 65, for uh, for my dad. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I don't give – I don't really talk about my parents much in this show, but if you know me on a personal level, I talk a lot about my mom. But the truth of the matter is my dad is a huge influence on the person that I am. There would be no pure gold right now if it wasn't for him. If it wasn't for him taking me to games as a kid – if it wasn't for him, you know, my birthday's in June, you know, and uh, the truth is that my birthday would always fall at some point when the Mets are playing. My brother is in, uh, it's sometime in November, I'm blanking out, November 4th. My brother's birthday, baseball season is long over, the World Series, everything is over. So, well, at this point, it's like the sixth game of the World Series. But uh, growing up as kids, we'd always go to Shea Stadium to see the Mets play, and my name would always come out on the scoreboard, on the Jumbotron, the Titantron, whatever the hell they call it, Shea Stadium, uh, the Mr. Metatron. But you know, my dad cursed us or blessed us, however you want to look at it, with being Mets fans. And you know, baseball was such a huge part of my life growing up as a kid that it really is what bonded my father and I. You know, and I'm sure Joe that you can relate to this with your dad because I know that he's uh, he's a big sports fan as well, but. You know, growing up as a kid, man, sports was it. Sports is what is what brought my dad and my brother and I close together. And it was it's still to this day is something we, we hate the Mets, we love the Mets, we, we fight about the Mets, we argue about the Mets, but you know what? Come hell or high water we're still, you know, bleeding the uh the blue and the orange. But you know, I remember going to Catholic church as a kid, as a matter of fact, and uh my favorite part of, of that was the fact that it was short, sweet and to the point. And my brother and I, we would sit there, we would fight during the services, but after service, we knew we were going to go get a sandwich at the local deli over by St. Mary's in Patterson, for those of you who know what I'm talking about, and we would go to school number five, and we would play stickball with my dad. 
And those are some of my happiest times as a kid. And even as an adult, I think back on them. And it's just I love it because, again, my love of sports, my love of baseball, which is far and away my favorite sport, you know, more so than anything else that I follow. It's really baseball is the central thing. And, unfortunately, my team is all horrible. But, um, you know, that, that that's just some good memories I have of my dad uh, growing up because, you know, really, like I said, pure gold would not be around if it wasn't for him, sir. Yeah, I mean, that's a great story. I wish you saved it for Father's Day because this weekend is Mother's Day, but I understand that it is your father's birthday today. That's why you brought it up. But, you know, once again, happy Father's Day next month. Happy Mother's Day this month, DG. <laughs> of course, because hug your mom, everyone out there, because, of course, she is your mother. I'd like to, you know, give a special shout-out to all the moms out there. I'd like to give a special shout-out to my wife, Mrs. Gomez. She's uh sizzling my steak, as it were, and, you know, I'm excited about that whole business. And this is her first Mother's Day, even though technically she's not a mother, but she will hit me if I say that. I'm, I'm glad she's not listening to the show right now. But, um, you know, we're going to do something special there and, you know, hang out, probably go to the dining theater, my favorite place on earth, aside from, you know, church and uh, the bathroom. Um, we're going to we're gonna have some fun. We're going to go watch uh, some, some good flicks. And, of course, we'll talk about them next week. Oh, you know what? I've got five minutes, so before we end up, let me talk about one more thing, sir. I want to talk about Fast and the Furious. Have you seen any of these movies, sir? <laughs> I have seen quite a few. All right. You have not seen Fast Five, am I correct? You're correct. This movie was flat out the best in the franchise. This was amazing. Probably The Rock's best film to date, other than The Tooth Fairy and, and The Game Plan, because those are absolute classics. But, man, what an action-packed slobber knocker of a movie from start to finish. I mean, there was one F-bomb. I didn't appreciate that. I had to, you know, lay the smack down on, uh, on the concession stand workers because my ears need not hear such filth. But it was a great movie, action-packed from start to finish. There was not a dull move. And in compar- a moment, in comparison with Hannah, which I saw a couple weeks ago with Hans, which was an absolute train wreck of a movie, in my opinion, horrible, boring, sloppy jalopy. I have more fun listening to Todd's take than I, than I did watching that crap. But aside from that, this this movie was just the cars, the the action, the you know even the comedy. It was just a perfect mix from beginning to end. I'm telling you, there wasn't a single second where I was bored. You know, you ever watch some films and you're like, man, this is a pretty good movie. When the hell is it going to finish? When is it going to be over? I can't wait. This is not one of those movies. It was just a excellent film. I give it 25 PGs up. 25 Pure Golds, whatever our rating system is, I give it tops, top-notch, awesome movie, made, I think, over 80-some-odd million dollars in its first weekend, which is an April record, so we're happy about that, of course, to be to be a part of that, because watching The Rock and Vin Diesel go at it, at it you know, I'm rooting for The Rock, uh, sitting on the edge of my seat, watching the way that smacked out on Vin Diesel, he hit him with a back-to-back and a belly-to-belly suplex through a window onto the floor, it was great. They're slamming them through walls, smashing each other in the head. I mean, it was action-packed, more exciting than any WrestleMania match you've seen other than Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker. JB, you got to check this movie out. Don't go with Sabrina, but you got to check this movie out, sir. I mean, after selling it like that, I definitely will. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, you're full of it. I know for a fact you're not going to go see it. I know for a fact you are wrong because you are a liar. <laughs> So let me ask you a question. As we're closing out this this great show, and we just keep ranting, we may as well just go all the way. What is Sabrina getting for Mrs. Buccino this weekend? Well, what is she going to pick I, out there? Yeah, as always, I take Sabrina to the 99 cent store, and I let her say, you know, you get to pick anything you want on the wall here. Just make sure that uh, we get out of here because i got to go watch some wrestling. 
<laughs> what do you What do you guys normally do for Mother's Day? Um, you know, with your wife and stuff. I mean, you, I know your sister's now a mother as well, so you guys get together. I mean, you guys watch some old Hulk Hogan tapes. I mean, you know, what are we talking about here, sir? Yeah, I mean, I tried to actually organize all the mothers, my sister included, because she's a mother now, um, to go act, actually go to the place where I got married, uh, the Grand Chalet on Route 23. Oh, actually, love you get, it. You actually, yeah, you actually get a room there for four hours, and you get a buffet of all the food that you can eat for four hours, including dessert, coffee, all the soft drinks that you want for twenty four ninety five. Unfortunately, nobody could agree upon it, and I lost the I lost the room. My sister now is going to go spend Mother's Day with her mother-in-law and her family, So, and, you know, Vito, uh, her husband's family, and I probably will spend Mother's Day with Andrea's uh, mother, my mother-in-law, as well as her sister. Um, yeah. Probably, and probably her mother's going to make some food, which I always disagree with, Al. I always think that mothers need that day off. It's their day. But it looks I agree. like, you know, it looks like my mother-in-law will be making food for us, so we'll be hanging out at the, her house. She's going to lay, lay the smack down and put some Xbox in that food to, to pay you back for all the terrible things you say here on Pure Gold. But it's interesting that you mention a buffet with all-you-can-eat food because that is the very definition of what a buffet is. So I'm glad that you had to you know, frame <laughs> that for the audience and uh, another Jobyism. Go hug your mother because she's your mother. And, of course, go to a buffet and get all-you-can-eat food because that's what buffets are. Sir, we should... Yeah, I was going to say, uh, since we're going to try to push this to the very limit, let me just ask you, uh, doesn't Thor come out this weekend? Does it come out this weekend? I I think it does, actually, and I will not be seeing it because it's Mother's Day, and I'll be busy with my wife or my baby mama or future mother-to-be, so that'll be interesting. Oh, by the way, uh, Joe Nell just wrote in to us. He said that uh, Fast Furious, Fast Five, whatever the hell it's called, Got an 80% rating on RottenTomatoes.com, which means 80% of the critics thought it was good. And that is, uh, I'm pretty sure, a big improvement from some of the other movies. So, you know, it was definitely uh, worth watching. And, you know, as yeah. our British co-host, uh, you know, lets us know that the show is about to end. Sir, I definitely appreciate you and, uh, you know, you being the mother and lover that you are. And, uh, of course, the audience out there, I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank our producer. I'd like to thank our board op. I'd like to thank everybody. Thank Jonelle for calling in today. Let him call in again. And the nuggets that he laid on us. I'd like to thank Pyro for joining us with On Fire with Pyro. And, of course, all the mothers out there, we wish you a happy, healthy, mother-loving Mother's Day because I know it's going to be a good one. This for JB. This is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG, and always love your mother, because, of course, she is your mother. Good night, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. Just so you guys know, Fast and the Furious 2 and Part 3 Got 35% reviews, horrible reviews. The original Fast and the Furious got a 52%, and the last one has gotten a 79%, because you know what? Fast Five is amazing. Mother's Day, everybody. Go kiss your mom on the cheek. Spend all the money you can on her. Love it. Woo!
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.